five, four, three, two, one. Good, good evening, everybody, and welcome to TV Skywriter. I'm Pat Murray, your host. I publish the Durham Skywriter, that's Durham, North Carolina's online community paper, and I also host TV Skywriter and Bull City Notes. So first off, I want to start out first thanking Kente Ferguson, Get Vocal, and Indie Radio for coming up with this tremendous 24-hour marathon. I don't know how Kente has done it, but he's been up for 24, was well, not 24 hours yet, 21 hours. Pretty amazing. But anyway, um, guests, my guests today are the Biz Chicks. And they're already famous. You probably already have seen them, or but you don't you might not know them. I want to introduce them to you. Terralina Austin and Francine Gregory. Together, they are the Biz Chicks, and they're experts in entrepreneurialism. And they help take, what's, what's the phrase they you help take the, the hassle, hassle out of your right? Um, profitable business that's fun to run, mm-hmm. right? And you have cohorts. You have uh, Terry Johnson. She's um, an expert in social media. Mm-hmm. Then there's Coach Karen Fern, and she's an expert with money. Mm-hmm. And you, you have a new person, Robin Shimisu, and she mm-hmm. is an expert Hello. in health. And isn't there somebody else? You. Oh, <laughs> I thought there was another lady. Okay, okay. On Fridays, on Fridays we all do tech with tech. All of us, the tech. We do the tech. Okay. Okay. Awesome. So let's talk about entrepreneurialism, and I want to start off with one question for the both of you. Now, a lot of us have grown up. You know, our parents have told us go to school, get a good job, et cetera, et cetera. There's nothing wrong with that formula, but I like. For both of you to answer why you think entrepreneurialism is important, being an entrepreneur. Okay. You take it first. I got this one because I'm going to tell you. Okay. I was raised by a psychiatric social worker. My mother was the first one to go to school. Um, She ended up with a PhD, whatever. But she always taught me you never know when the man is going to come and say, he don't need you no more. You always need to be able to put food on the table. So Mm -hmm. she taught me how to clean a house, scrub a floor, and do whatever I needed to do to make ends meet. And my grandmother taught me how to run a boarding house. She ran a boarding house. She took in laundry. So there's always been some kind of entrepreneurial thing going on around me. Uh, both my grandparents ran businesses. My grandfather was a number runner. <laughs> oh, my God. And he ran a beer garden, but he also worked in the coal mines. So he always had some kind of hustle going on. Wow. I love like that. Like <laughs> okay. You come by it naturally. Well, by exposure. It's, 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 not, it's not an academic thing with you. No, it's it's a practical thing with me. <laughs> okay, Fran? Yeah, and my story is similar. My mom was a nurse, and uh, but my grandmother had a boarding house in New York, uh, three floors. We lived on the middle floor. No, we lived on the lower floor. There was a uh, hair salon in the basement, and she rented the top two floors out. So... We were always 
there was always some, <laughs> some money was coming in some kind of way. Um, although yeah. my mom and my uncles, they, you know, did business. I mean, not business. They had traditional. My uncle was a uh, firefighter. My other uncle was a detective and my mom is a nurse. So, but, but that wasn't my cup of tea. I, I, I'm very entrepreneurial at heart. I'm all about helping people build a business. I, it's almost like you can see business everywhere you go. There's opportunities if you look for them. Excellent. And I, I mean, no offense, but I wanted to ask Kente if he wouldn't mind locking the other two seats. Um, this is a, what I call an official interview. I do an interview pretty much every week um, for the Skywriter page, or rather Patricia Murray YouTube page. So I just want to keep this like the others, just a formal interview. Okay. Now, I didn't have a lot of um, entrepreneurs in my family, but um, I did hear that my mom's grandmother took in laundry and did did like clothes and stuff. So she was an entrepreneur in that way. And my grandmother, my dad's mom, she was an entrepreneur, but by accident. She was working for the school. She was something we don't have this anymore. She was called a playground supervisor. So she watched the kids when they played outside. So she wasn't really a teacher, but she worked in the public schools in Chicago. And um, one day she and my step granddad, they were at the theater and he died like that. Heart attack, boom. He was an entrepreneur in that he had two, um, let's see, he had a, uh, what do you call it? Uh, ph pharmacies. He had two pharmacies. Uh, in, in on the south side of Chicago. And so the next day, my grandmother had to be an entrepreneur because the vultures descended. Once they heard the E.G. Woods was dead, they tried to get those businesses from my grandmother. And um, she she did lose one, but she was able to hang on to the other. And um, I noticed as a kid, I, I kind of admired her freedom. She came and went as she pleased, pretty much, because she was the owner of this pharmacy, although she, again, she was not a pharmacist, but she was smart enough to hire a brilliant pharmacist yeah. who actually ran the place until she was ready to sell it to him. And it, it was amazing. In fact, she moved in her business into Chatham. If you know about how segregated Chicago is, that pharmacy preceded the, the arrival of black people in the neighborhood, or most black people in the neighborhood. We moved into Chatham uh, years later. So she was really very progressive in that way. And of course, the neighborhood became all black and the, the, and the um, story lived on. The business thrived. And it's, yeah, it, it only folded because uh, I, I believe Mr. Perry, he's probably deceased by now, but he ran that place from the 19, all during my childhood until recently. So, so I want to talk about this, this entrepreneurial thing. Um, I wanted to know your backgrounds. I honestly did not know your backgrounds. I just wanted to tell you a bit about my background. But is entrepreneurialism something that's deep in your soul, something you have to observe, like in our case, or can it be something that can be uh, eventually learned? A lot of people start out with regular jobs and become entrepreneurs later. Well, there was something that you had said about um, where people were working and uh, and she got free to 
to she you know freed up her time mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur you really don't have freedom as people think freedom is mm-hmm. because you they now have do, they kind of do though because well, when, you're, yeah. when you're when you're late for work you don't get docked yeah you do yeah, let's finish <laughs> if, you, if you don't show up for work, mm-hmm. you're going to miss a client. You're going to miss okay. something. You you don't. You, it's the same thing. If you own the business and if you don't show up, how are you going to hire um, somebody? You, you understand? You, if you don't show up, the work is not getting done. And if you're not there to kind of look over things and walk through the, the plant or to check in to make sure something happens, you're not quite just like, oh, I'm free. I can just go sit on the beach, you know, and make six figures and don't go to work. That doesn't happen. That's what a lot of people are promised online, aren't they? But I haven't yeah. heard just yet. Six figure story is not always, you're going to have to work. Mm-hmm. Um it's not where you can just go and set up. Most of the time as an entrepreneur, you're going to work a little bit harder or more diligently than you should work more diligently. I, I think it's sometimes easier to work for somebody else because they've already put the, the, the plan has been already laid out. The um, procedures are already laid out. The system is already done. You don't have to do anything but come in and follow the system. There's no, there's not that much risk to you. Mm-hmm. But as an entrepreneur, now you're coming in, you have to set up for the other people to come in behind you. You have to have your policies and procedures written. You have to have what it is that you're going to, um, you know, you have, you still need to have insurances and you have to have your taxes and all of these things. Now people are relying on you. Mm-hmm. As an entrepreneur, now you can be the solopreneur, but you still can't do it by yourself. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, you're, even if you have hired someone to run the pharmacy, your plan is to figure out how to grow the business. Do you need to buy another building and hire another pharmacist? Now you got a network of pharmacies, and you, you understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So it's something for the entrepreneur to do, or do I take the money out of this business? And invested in another business, you know. Yeah, do you see what I mean? So yeah. it's not you by yourself, and, and it's the, that's misnomer. People think, "Well, I'm I'm a self-made man." Mm. No, you're not. I'm a not self-made. Too many people are actually self-made. No, you're not. You can't do it by yourself. There's nothing on this planet making money is the one thing that you cannot do alone. Mm. And I think too that entrepreneurialism is something that is innate in in different families. Um, I can remember my grandmother, um, well, she had a boarding house, but also we eventually, she bought a house in the country and because her father had been a carpenter, they redid this shotgun house so that they could set the house up for my great grandmother because they said she needed to move to the country because she had cancer. Okay, so they made that happen. But in the interim, we would have cousins come up from Alabama in the summer who would work because we lived in Pennsylvania. And I can remember we had a cousin. He was in college. And so he came to Pennsylvania where we were out in the country. There was nowhere to get a job. But my grandmother took in laundry. So she paid him 25 cents a shirt to iron the shirts on her mangle because she had a mangle um, and to... She, in essence, he was doing piecework mm-hmm. while she okay. and my grandfather 
were doing domestic work during the day. And of course she has something for all of us to do. Because <laughs> she grew stuff, canned stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm just saying that it's taught and that I can remember my girls. I have two girls who are now grown, but at any rate, when they were two and four, we started a business. And that business was for them to sit down with a glue gun and glue little cutesy stuff on plastic hair bobs and sell them to the other kids at their daycare. They did that? Yeah, yeah. We put little labels on them and everything. They And they sold hair bobs. And well, what, did they, what did they think about that? I mean, who's, that was your idea? Yeah, they carried yeah. it out? Because, yes, because you need to be able to put food on the table. So, so how did they feel about it? Oh, they they loved it. It was fun. It was something they could do with mommy. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, everybody was just amazed that they had a business. So did you split the proceeds with them or did you start a bank account and show them? Or, or they too little to learn about banking? If they're big enough to walk in the bank, they aren't. They went to the bank and they had a savings account. So nice. they learned that this much money had to go back into the business to buy the supplies, etc. Oh, man. Into the tide and this goes into the bank. And you get some ice cream. <laughs> you yeah. didn't get no money. Not well, a- involved. That's great. So, did they grow up to become entrepreneurs, or or do they are they simply? I don't mean simply. Did they grow up to be really good, honest workers, or did they become entrepreneurs? A very sophisticated entrepreneur. She was able to put a down payment on a house. Um, okay. She had an Etsy shop that made over a hundred thousand dollars in one year. She worked for a Fortune 500 company as a merchandiser mm-hmm. because she wanted to be to do business, and now she's looking for her next big thing, which I think nice. is real estate, Francine. Yeah, because <laughs> Francine has been a great influence. So, um, um, so it doesn't entrepreneurism is not something to be afraid of. You just need to find out what you're good at and around you. What's around you that you're good at? Like this, my my head wrap I have on today, um, I was not getting, it was pouring down rain today and I needed a head wrap, but you just don't want one that just looks like anything. So this lady that we know, she knows how to do dazzle work and I'm like, wow, we need, now we're trying to find a name for her business and you'll find her over on Instagram pretty soon. But she does this. And I'm like, she does it. There are people who still want to look good even though they're going through chemo. There are people Mm -hmm. like me just don't want my hair wet. There are different people who get, and she loves doing this stuff. She sits at home and just now she's uh, yeah, now she's ready to spread out and hire some other people to help her put the beads on. She has the patterns already laid out and everything. I don't know how to do all of that, but she does. And and so you can start with something. It doesn't mean that you have to make six figures in the same in, in, in one month. It just means you need to find something that you like to do that you're good at. Like uh, Kente says here, he started a lemonade stand. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it, if, it, if the lemonade is good, I would stop and buy it because people are parched in the summer. You get something cool to drink and ask the, what's the lemonade boys that are in Atlanta making oh, lemonade? yeah, the brown boys, right? Something. 
brown boys and lemonade sugar in the and, lemonade. and lemonade and i'm like really okay but they're doing it mm -hmm. yeah now, now let me ask you this question now because I grew up in Chicago. I saw lots and lots and lots of entrepreneurs. Some of their, their businesses, some businesses were better than others. I've noticed that some entrepreneurs were running what I would call, and, and I, I'm just going to spit it out, I call them hobby shops because mm -hmm. they open when they feel like it. Mm -hmm. you, know, you, you go by the shop and they might be open. Maybe they open at 1, maybe 3.30, maybe 11.30. You know, and I see them sometimes because I would be delivering my my newspaper. Um, I started in Chicago. I'm here here in Durham, North Carolina now. But I would notice that some of the entrepreneurs would be hanging out, um, or a couple of them, the young ones, at the what do you call those? But the video arcade places. Mm -hmm. And I would notice in my travels that they would take two and three hour lunches. You know, were they working on the next big thing? Were they trying? I don't know, but I call. I, I call these shops hobby shops because they come and go when they feel like it, and they're not really on it on the surface. They don't appear to be very serious about their business, and of course, a lot of these businesses just come and go. And I, I call them hobby shops. So, as a result of that, when a kid would ask me about starting a business, very often, or young person, I shouldn't say kid. Um, I I don't know if you're going to agree with me on this. But I would say get a regular job first because I, in noticing these very casual entrepreneurs, I felt that you have to learn discipline first and you have to learn how to show up, when to show up, and how to keep at it as opposed to taking the two and three hour um, lunches and get it, sleeping late and going in when you feel like it. Because some of these businesses, you just never know when they're open. Well, so what do you think about telling a, a young person to get a job first and get that discipline first well, before becoming an entrepreneur? I would say that the young person should have been getting the discipline at home. That that discipline started, it doesn't start at a job because you're probably not going to get a job if you can't get up in the morning get there on time, yeah. and get to school on time. It's part of learning, though. Sometimes you, you do learn that on the job. Yeah, and yeah. So you sometimes you learn the discipline on the job that somebody's gonna put up with you. Yeah, not yeah. showing up. But normally the people who got the jobs, like you were talking to me about Monica, um, mm -hmm. which is one of her daughters, she get a job every couple of weeks. We're like, you got another job? <laughs> and, but because because she already had the discipline stuff down pat she can go in and get she's walking in and just getting jobs everywhere and and you know there's no holes in the resume of you know well i'm up and i'm down i'm up and i'm down and mm -hmm. if you go into an entrepreneurial situation the same way you're gonna have spotty success discipline is discipline mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Audrey is saying that discipline is developed. And I think so, too, because I've seen I've worked with I've had co-workers basketball. Yeah. who were the first people in their family to, to have a job because maybe they came from a, a family that was on welfare. And I've noticed that a lot of times you do learn the very, very, very basics sometimes. Okay. Depending Hold on the job. Up, wait a minute. Hold up. Wait a minute. Observation. I want to say this because that was my job mm -hmm. uh, when I worked for the government was to help people 
who they said were at risk mm -hmm. with a job. Okay, the deal is this. Because people are on welfare, that is a myth that they do not work and that they do not know how to do a job. No, people are it. selling people are selling dinners out the back door. I, I know all that. I know all that. But but I'm, what I'm trying to say is I'm I understand. I understand. I understand. But what I'm saying is some of my co-workers were the first in their family to you know to be in a in a business to work like that and i think that it's really important whether you learn it at home or whether you learn it on the job to learn how important the business is to the owner that's what i was trying to say whether whether you you own the business yourself whether okay. you're working at your parents job or whether you learn to value work by working sometimes people get these jobs and they're not really serious about it because they, they really don't understand the nature of work. And sometimes that is work that is learned on the job. All I'm all I'm asking is whether you think that is a good start for some people. Well it might be a good start for some people, but if Kobe, like Dre is saying here, if Kobe spent his time working at the store, he wouldn't have been in the gym hitting the hitting the shots or and he wouldn't have been able to be disciplined enough in the basketball in order for him to be where he's at and Steph Curry and so, because they had to go to school to become disciplined. So they got scholarships at school and stuff like that. And so it was a time, a long time, well, however long they were in school before they got discovered and all of that, but they were playing basketball where some parents would have said, put that ball down, you're wasting time. Their parents didn't see it that way. And they encouraged that, um, you know, somebody fed into that, that dream, into that, uh, just the gift or the desire that they had. It was, they saw that it was strong enough. There was a natural talent there that was fed into to help keep them out on the court and not working at the shop. And it created discipline. It did. You got to go for practice. Right. You have to be under authority because you got a coach. You've got regulations with right. the school, the game, the league, whatever you're in. They got rules. So it's all rolled up in the what it might appear to be um, a hobby or something frivolous. And that's, that's why I was saying when we were talking about the video arcade, um, mm -hmm. maybe they're really working that job to fund the dream exactly. of becoming a gamer. You understand what I'm Like my grandson played Fortnite all weekend long. Mm -hmm. I let him do that because he's bringing home A's. Mm -hmm. See, who knows, if he don't bring home some decent grades, I'm unplugging the Wi-Fi. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's okay that to go to work and let your work fund your dream. It's okay. But that means when you get home from work, you don't go to sleep or go to the movies or go now you, you, you turn around and start putting in time on the thing that you really want to do. Mm -hmm. Your annual investor, which is the eight hours or so that you worked, now you, they paid you. Now you take what you learned over there, and mm -hmm. now you put that to work in the thing that you're doing. Okay, okay. And in the case of Kobe Bryant, um, I remember when he first wasn't he the one that was he the the basketball player that was the. He came right out of high school. Was that the one? That was LeBron, I think. Yeah, LeBron. I get him mixed up. Oh, Dre did, yeah. 
Oh, both did. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I'm, I'm really thankful for their talent and everything, but putting all of your eggs in one basket, and I hope that's not what they did. I do know that they had tremendous drive and um, practiced a lot and made it to the NBA, and that's wonderful. But I do have a, a friend who was with the Cincinnati Bengals, and he was also gifted and worked very hard on football, but he didn't foresee the fact that he'd get injured. And he didn't have any... He didn't bother to finish college. He had too much pride to go back. And now he's really struggling um, because I think he, unlike with the other two um, athletes we just talked about, unfortunately, his um, investment didn't quite pan out. Um, I think it's very important as an entrepreneur or as a person, period, to learn how to capitalize on what you said earlier, and that is learn what you're good at. And hopefully you're good at more than one thing so that if one thing doesn't pan out, you don't have to suffer. You can go on to something else. Of course, LeBron James and Kobe Bryant don't have to worry about that. Yeah. um, I'd like to to know how you help people um, as biz chicks, because I I love to watch your show. You're on. I know you're on every day, every weekday. And tell us about that. So our strong suit is, you know how um, our, our strong suit happens to be the how. There are times when people tell you, okay, you need, to, um, you need to put this on your calendar and get a routine, but you don't know how to work your calendar. Don't have the first thing about, uh, you know, there's Google Calendar, there's Apple Calendar, there's this calendar, that calendar. Well, you don't know which calendar to pick. Don't know if you got a calendar on your phone. How do I make the calendar work? You know, how, like with Apple products, your calendar shows up on all your devices, whether it's your phone, whether it's your tablet, or whether it's your, your desktop. And it all works together, but you don't know how to do that. You don't know what button to push. Mm-hmm. You don't know how to do that. Well, we teach you the how. We had a workshop over the weekend, how to go live like a pro, because you don't know what platforms are out there to go live, and you want to go live, but you really don't know how to go live. And so what? which platform, why do I need to go live, and what equipment do I need to go for live you have to. You need somebody to help you walk through that. Walk you through the process, and we hold your hand through the process mm-hmm. because it's not that easy. We talk about tech on Friday and and social media. You know how to do social media. How to do? Oh. We are housed the how to people. We talk social media in, in English because I'm not. A techie. super techie person. This is the tech diva. So I have to sometimes stop and say, "Hey, could you translate that?" Because I, but, but just tell me where the button. Is. <laughs> and, and 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 people are grateful. That, you know, a lot of people got tablets for Christmas and they got phones and and they don't know what to do. And you know, we have people that come. Okay, I want to take a class. And okay, and we sit down and show you where things are. I'm, I'm learning Android, y'all. I'm, I'm learning the Android. I'm like, okay, because there are people who need to understand how to maneuver on their phones, and they didn't know how. Mm-hmm. And so we're teaching them, and we are how primarily to do it. Apple people, so it's 
a challenge. But, but we're learning. And we, we learned how to do that. So we do workshops on that. And then we also do workshops on uh, mindset and helping people retrain their thinking. If you come into something, I don't know how, I don't know how, you'll never know how. So the first thing that we tell you is forget everything you think you know about a particular subject. Because if you walk in with the mindset of, I, I can't do this and this never worked for me, you, you already got distractions and blockages and so we try and help you deal with that so that you can learn how to move forward. So you help people online and in person. Online yeah. with the Biz Chicks show, which yeah. is um, it's trying to trying to get you to tell us. But at um, 11 o'clock, we can tell you where we are. Yeah. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. BizChicks.live, and, um, and we're on Monday through Friday. Um, um, Mondays we talk about coffee thoughts and Dr. Vibe has been on our show and so we have different people who come on with different expertise and we talk, you know, we have coffee and talk. And then on Tuesday we have uh, TJ, Terry Johnson online, she comes on and she keeps us all together on social media and digital marketing. We learned a lot. You know, the basics like why you need a hashtag. And how many you can have on or which platform? The latest is what are stories? The latest is watch party. Wait, yeah, <laughs> we learned. We talked about watch party on Friday because we was what is a watch party? And so we all those little things and little buttons on Facebook. And so she talks to us about that, and we learn things about that in English. Mm -hmm. um, and then on Wednesday, Coach Karen comes on to talk to us about how money. Mm, money and the little thoughts in our mind that keep us from making money the little sneaky fears and all of that mm -hmm. and um and then well, what, what, is, what is her her title is island island girl island hustle girl hustle island girl hustle that's cute yeah because okay. she's from guyana on the island with the, the girl she's living where uh, she lives in canada, in canada canada toronto canada now but she was selling orange slices when she was at in, in, you know, most people would have sold the orange. She was selling the orange slices, segments. Oh my goodness! Oh, that's orange. hilarious. And people were buying them, and then she would take the money, set it aside, built up a bank account, and and you have to hear her story. And the beat goes on. You wow. so has a book out called Little Dribbles. Right. Okay. So if you want to hear more stories? You can see her get her book okay. on Amazon. Little little dribbles, and so yeah, so she's real good. And then on Thursday, we're talking about health and wellness with uh, Robin and her happy, healthy habits. Did you know that you need to drink water first thing in the morning to rehydrate your brain? Oh, not doing that. Not tea, water with a little lemon or water. Period. But you need okay. to rehydrate the first thing that you do when you get up in the morning. I was like, oh. Good to know. Okay. It was really good to know. Then Friday, we're back in tech. We talk tech uh, and social media. Sometimes we have uh, Tachi on and sometimes mm -hmm. you're on and different people are coming on telling us about the new things. And I think it was Coach Karen, uh, you told us about Get Vocal. Yes, you oh, did. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. us to this platform. I, I need to thank Leland Bass for telling a lot of us about Get Vocal. Yeah. And so, there's, so we learn... 
uh, a lot from each other. There's a lot to learn in our community here, just all over the place, but we just want to help I'm other people. Hey, Doc. <laughs> hey, Dr. Vibe. <Bye. laughs> yeah, Dr. Vibe is, is a awesome. wise man, yeah. So, guys, if you haven't had him on your show, you need to really tap into the genius. Over yeah, there. Dr. Vibe has <laughs> skills. <laughs> With Miss Pat Murray. I don't know if Pat told you about her her uh, entrepreneurial side either with Pity Pat Crafts. <laughs> and um, she's got some majors. I was like, wow. And those toys, my, my grandkids were just See? so excited. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, actually, I'm going to tell a little bit of my story because Good. I really want to encourage people who get stuck in life mm -hmm. and have to find their way out. What happened to me, um, I, I'm from Chicago. I moved here to Durham, North Carolina because my aunt um, was living alone. She had Alzheimer's. We found out when we came down for my uncle's funeral and we realized, oh my God, my aunt was living really in bad. She was in bad shape. The house was in bad shape. Her friends were helping her, but they weren't telling us. And on the phone, she sounded normal. So uh -huh. until we went down there to visit, well, not to visit, but for the funeral, we didn't even realize um, what, what bad condition she was in. I guess they did. They figured, oh, well, they're big city girls. Nobody's going to come down and, you know, and, and help their aunt. So we won't even bother to tell them. But when, again, so I moved down here to Durham. So um, took care of her until she died. Then, of course, we were living off of her pension. I had to stay home and take care of her. On the side, I was running uh, my community newspaper. First, it was in print. And then later, after my aunt's death, um, uh, online, went online, totally online. And here's the thing. We're living off her pension. Naturally, it stops with her death, right? So I'm totally stuck. No savings because it's typical for caregivers to spend everything and have nothing left. That was me. I was way below zero after she died and I had to try to save the house. So I got like thousand dollars insurance money. And what I did was I said, I got to buy something that I could. No, I think I got $2,000 anyway, whatever. And I said, I got to buy something I can make money with because I'm in trouble. So I bought DJ equipment. Okay, and I'm thinking, well, I love music. Nobody knows music like I know music. So I suddenly became DJ Pity Pat. And in order to get a, a, a footing in the DJ business, I started inviting myself to play at high visibility functions for free, just so I could be seen. So people mm -hmm. were like, oh, my God, that, she must be the hot DJ. So I started you know, getting gigs, et cetera, et cetera. Still running the Durham Skyrider. I, I did stop running it for a year and a half because I was so flat broke, I couldn't do anything. And it was young folks who told me, go online. Because by at that time, I was on uh, in print. The paper was in print. Mm -hmm. And they said, Miss Pat, just go online. Make it a website. And I was like, Oh, these kids might have something. So anyway, so I went online. So that saved the paper because it doesn't cost anything to print something online or publish something online. So anyway, 
So I put things together just bit by bit and I was able to save the house and to eventually, it took years for me to get where I am now, which is not comfortable, but not desperate. And so I just wanted to tell that story because, oh, and, and I make toys on the side as well. Okay. But that's, that's something relatively new. But I just wanted to say that all of that because sometimes, like, like my dad, he always taught us to take advantage of all of our talents, not just concentrate on one. That's why I was saying with Kobe Bryant and LeBron James, it's great that things turned out wonderful the way it did for them, but it doesn't. Only 2% of college athletes make it to the pros. And my pop taught us, take advantage of all of your talents. So if something doesn't work out, you do something else. I'm not a trained journalist. I'm a journalist because I say I'm a journalist. I've always loved media. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I just became a journalist because I just wanted to. So, you know, I do have a college degree. It's, it's in sociology. But I just want to tell folks, if you need to make money, sometimes people are entrepreneurs because it's just something ingrained in them or it's a dream. Or, but sometimes you just have to. You got to put and, food and, on the table. And it's okay. And now uh, there's a question over here from Tony Davis. It says, he says, do you think that the government and some institutions make it harder for a person with limitations or disabilities to become an entrepreneur? And I would say I don't uh, don't look to the government or anybody else to make it easy for you. I don't care if you, it, there's too many things that you can overcome regardless of the situation. You cannot look to somebody else to, to make your dream happen, to make things happen for you. I'm gonna say this, having worked for the government, <laughs> we talked to, uh, to that population in terms of employment, mm-hmm. you are encouraged to start a business and there's funding because our objective is to make people self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. so, so there are a lot of programs that would help people get started uh, in, as far as starting a business. And the SBA has free classes. Mm-hmm. There are just a lot of different vehicles for getting that done. And a a lot of um, local universities, colleges, and um, community colleges have free classes for low-income or or no-income people. And also, there's organizations like here. It's called um, the Durham Tech Small Business Association or program or something like that. They're associated with our um, local community college, and they teach free seminars. They give free seminars for people who want to be entrepreneurs. And if there's any way that you can get your hands on money through the government, grants, or sometimes scholarships, scholarships, sometimes uh, you get money for whatever, like disability, and Mm -hmm. try to scroll away some for your business. When when I first started making toys, I didn't have any money. I didn't know I was going to become a toy maker. That just fell in my lap, basically. My my friend Donna needed some toys. Um, Her the producers uh, or creators of certain toys said that they were taking Christmas off. She needed toys. I said that I would try to reverse engineer uh, this particular toy. I found joy in it. I had no idea. I had a knack at it. And I just kept at it. I didn't have any money saved up to become a toy maker. Um, Donna fronted me a few dollars. I bought some PVC pipe. 
and made a couple more, made a few more dollars and then invested that. And you can get started really, really small. So, so if you think about it, the businesses who now are doing trillions and billions and all of that, they never started out to make trillions and billions of dollars. They saw, they started out to solve a problem for humanity. Mm-hmm. They were not in it. Henry Ford or whoever made the first car, he was not trying to make billions of dollars. He's trying to keep his wife's feet out of the mud and the horse poop. Oh, okay. They weren't trying to, do you understand? They were trying to make things better. Mm-hmm. They were trying to make humanity better, make the experience here better. Even with Apple, they weren't out trying to make billions of dollars when they started out. They were in a garage soldering stuff together, trying to make better computers. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about local entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. I can remember as a child, the woman down the street had nine children. Her husband worked in the steel mill. So obviously she was a stay-at-home mom. She had a gift for making sweet potato pies. Mm. What she did was she began to make these little individual, you know how you used to be able to buy the little pies for 25 cents in the hostess pies. Yeah, the little. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So she made pies, small individual sweet potato pies. Mm -hmm. And her children, the male children, would go out and hustle these pies at night Mm. to the bars. And my brother would go with them because they sold the, what my daddy called the Black Dispatch. They sold the Pittsburgh Courier and the Jet. So, oh, yes. Yes. So they had the Jets and they had the, you know, newspapers and they had the sweet potato pies. And so the bars were owned by, you know, local businessmen. They knew the kids. They let the kids come in and sell for a couple of minutes or the guys went outside because they wanted the sweets. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And they stayed together as a group. So they were learning entrepreneurship um, as what would you call elementary school kids. Mm-hmm. And so I love that. I love they now that. own a bakery. Mm-hmm. That's sweet. <laughs> the second generation owns a bakery. Because mama <laughs> was home making pies and showing them how to run a business. So very, very often, if you're walking by the projects, there's lots of projects in Chicago, but um, there's a, you're running into lots of entrepreneurs, and I don't want to hear any smart remarks about drugs. They're there too, but there are a lot of people selling um, uh, candy, and um, in fact, in Chicago, you can get soft drinks wholesale on State Street, and a lot of folks from the, the hood do that. They, they, they go to State Street, stock up on all of these you know, drinks and fruits, all that kind of stuff, and they sell them on the street. And in fact, what we used to call the black Muslims, um, I, I guess it exists in Chicago, they get these gallon-sized Ziploc bags, they go to State Street, uh, where the fruit stands are, and you can buy on the street for a dollar, um, a gallon-sized Ziploc bag with an apple or an orange, a banana, a box of raisins, and I think one more fruit. And people clamor for those things. Sometimes in, when you're in a low-income neighborhood, like where I was, you can't buy fruits anywhere because the store exactly. foreign folks, and they don't like any anything with um, expiration date. So you can't get milk, mm. you can't get fruit. So you look to the black Muslims, 
um, to, to buy the fruit. And they're so good that they're able to snag sales as cars are entering the Dan Ryan Expressway. Wow. Right. And, they, and, and they're really smart. They sell it for $1. You don't have to fish around to make change. Exactly. You no. see them as the cars are entering the expressway. It's like, it's out like the window. window. Yes. So that's one of, the one of the biz chicks rules is make it easy for people to pay you. Mm-hmm. Don't make it difficult. And, and they no, tell us more about that. Huh? Tell us more about that. No. Is, that in, is that in the pricing or what? It, well, it's in the pricing, but it's also in the, the fact the, the vehicle. Make sure somebody can pay you for whatever it is that you're doing. Um, there's sometimes we come across people, they, their whole payment processing is difficult. And you're like, okay, why is it? Why am I still 10 minutes in here trying to give you money? How they make it difficult? What, what are they doing wrong? Well, they, they may not have change. They only take cash. People, everybody's trying to swipe a card. They don't have a processor or their processor, their process for swiping a card is so convoluted. You're like, are we still here talking about this? You know? <laughs> so we're like, you know what? Make sure that people can cash app you. I mean, because different generations do things differently. If someone wants to write you a check, your the process check. should be. don't even know what checks are anymore. Yeah, you can take <laughs> checks. You take the phone, has the thing, snap a picture quick, of the quick, check, and deposit and it. It's in your bank account. It ain't rocket science. So people need to keep up with different ways to take money. Right. And, and just be prepared. And if you don't know how, we'll teach you how. All but this chicks. But you make it, that's rule number, whatever it is, but make it easy for people to pay you. It, I, can't, I can't find it right now, but I did a video for a family, um, the, the husband and father has ALS and they have a GoFundMe campaign. And so they wanted to pay, I just, I gave them like a ridiculous discount, of course. I wanted to do it for free, but they said, we've got to pay you something. And I can't find the app, but they had me to download this app because they didn't have PayPal. There's some way that you can pay someone through your phone. I know I sound like, ooh, the magic of technology. But I don't know what the app was. It wasn't PayPal. It was something else. Where as long as they know your name and your, it's called a Square. It's probably Cash. Oh, it's probably Square. Square. No, I, I have Square. There's a, there's a, there are several now where I can like if I just wanted to pay Pat, I can type in your, um, I can text your number and send you. Yeah. He needed my phone number. Yeah. Yeah. He, said, he said, watch your bank account. And I did. And boop, $100 popped up. I was like, how did he do that? Right. So that's what you're talking about. Learn all of the cool ways to to, to do business. Mm-hmm. It's not just cash. It's, checks are kind of outmoded in a way, right? Mm-hmm. Some people hate PayPal for whatever reason. Oh. <laughs> I do it's, not it's want convoluted, to. and it takes a long time to process. And it does, and I don't like the fact that I have to sign up in order to um, pay you. I just want to swipe my card. Do not Actually, ask me to. You don't if you do pay me slash and then the, and then the account. Cash yeah, but that's a cash app, and that goes straight to your thing. But but see, yeah. for you as the the uh, owner, now you have to keep putting in a different number to get paid. PayPal.me slash 50 or PayPal-me slash 5 
in order yeah. to get the amount when with a regular cash app, I can just mm -hmm. send you $500, click, and it sends directly to you. And they got two buttons, pay or receive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, it. So again, you want to make it easy for people to pay you. And then, so Tony asked, "What about the barter trade system? Shouldn't that be implemented?" How are you these questions? I'm not seeing the questions. I, I, I really. There it is. There it is. There it is. The barter okay. trade system. Um, Thank you. Sorry. And he said he's not talking about replacing actual pay payment. Barter and trade is good if the value is for value because value is only perceived by each individual. So if I got two chickens and and then what is that in value to you? Two chickens equal three bushels of peas. I don't know. The 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 values need to match for the people doing the trade. Or if I'm a vegetarian, chickens don't mean nothing to me. So you know it varies on how you're going to um, implement that exchange. It has to be, both of you have to have, it, it needs to be good for both people. It, yeah, there it, used to be bartering oh, clubs around here. I'm sorry, mutually beneficial, that's the word. It needs to be, if everybody's happy with whatever was traded, cool. then it's cool. But if one person thinks that, oh, you got over on me, because you know that ain't worth, then there's a problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I've I've done that on occasion, and my brother-in-law actually got a, a used car that way. He did some some um, construction work, uh, whatever you call it, home improvement or whatever, mm -hmm. and the person paid him with their second car. And and so the question becomes: Is everybody in agreement that this is how the transaction is going to work? And, yeah. Yeah, and if the, and everybody is cool and is mutually beneficial for everybody, then I'll I say go for it. Nice. Now, suppose somebody's watching this show on the replay and they're saying, "Gee, I always wanted to start a business, but I'm afraid to leave my job." What would you tell them? Oh, stay there, stay, and and then do the business on the side. Yeah, do oh. the business on the side. You mm -hmm. after you get off work, then start your other business. There you go. Okay. I actually know a guy who started a business. He worked for a company here in Durham, and he noticed some things sitting off to the side, and he asked his boss if it would be okay if he took these items and recycled them. And the boss said, well, yeah, this is junk. Yeah, go ahead. So he started doing it. And this is what's called, a, I think, an intrapreneur, where you're, you're working within your job. But anyway... Five minutes left. Okay, Kente, thank you. So a long story short, he started recycling the junk that his company, the company he was working for, didn't want. The company eventually went out of business, and he kept recycling. He has a recycling, a very flourishing recycling business that was started because he was clever enough to notice, to see the opportunity within his job. That is the key, seeing the opportunity. How many times have people stepped over peaches? Uh, okay, so here in California, we have fruit grows everywhere, even in pe people's backyard. There are peaches hanging over the fence. So nobody in Sacramento should be hungry because fruit hangs over the fence and drops on the sidewalk and people are stepping wow. over peaches and people are stepping over apples and oranges are going to rot and the squirrels are fat and happy. 
but if people were if people could see you can take those make some apple pies make peach yeah. powder, make peach jam make, make natural beauty products. products you can do a whole lot of stuff but they're not seeing it just how can for, they not see it because because you're either you are distracted or overwhelmed by something else i'm so much in need and you can't see straight or, or you don't value it. Right. How, I'm sure in North Carolina, there are, there are thousands of discarded bicycles. You, oh, yeah. You could start a bicycle shop, or you could go around fixing flats on, on bicycles. Mm -hmm. this, whatever your gift is, you have to recognize it and, and celebrate it and then offer yeah. it up. Because there's some people, the thing that you think, oh, that's just something I do. That's the thing. Yeah, that, a lot of people say um, that. No, oh, it's nothing. Yeah, well, that thing can bring you money because that thing somebody else is not doing. Exactly. And I say do what makes you smile. Oh, I love that. So tell us how to get in contact with you. We, we know about um, Biz Chicks on Facebook Live, 11 a.m. Eastern. Eight o'clock your time. Uh, what right. is that called? Pacific Standard. Pacific. Or, yeah. yeah. So Pacific. tell us other ways that we can uh, reach you and, and follow you. Uh, Bizchicks.net, and that's our and website. that's it. You can type in Bizchicks uh, TV, and that gets us on Instagram and um, on Twitter. Twitter and all over. You just look for Bizchicks, and you'll find us. Yes. Awesome. And you can find me at DurhamSkyWriter.com. As Durham, North Carolina's online community paper. You might not be from Durham, but then you might not have ever seen an all-positive community paper, so check that out. TV Skywriter, um, today um, done with Kente Ferguson. Really appreciate him, Get Vocal, and Wendy Radio. Um, but usually it's on the Patricia A. Murray YouTube channel. You can watch it there and also see all my videos. And I think that's pretty much it. Again, I want to thank Kente. Thank you, thank Kente. Radio. And get Thank you for having us, Pat. Bye-bye. Very happy to have you here. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. You are amazing. I love you too, the biz chicks. And of course, my Yoda, uh, Patricia A. Murray, who taught oh. me everything about Get Vocal. So I owe it all to you. Uh, Thank you. So uh, awesome. you were so patient with me when I was slow and dense. And didn't know what the heck I was doing. <laughs> but you and were not going dance, but I've been the. I know it's. I know what it's like to be the new kid. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Well, <laughs> thank you. You are. You know. And I was asking you a bunch of questions. You probably were like, "Oh God." Not at all. This guy. Mm -hmm. Not oh. at all. Well, she's the trick. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Later. Thank you. All right. So um, next, uh, you know, we'll be hopping to the next room. But uh, thank okay. you, ladies, and I will get you the. Uh, I will email it to you as soon as I am um, able to uh, tonight. Uh, okay, Terry right. and Fran, thank you so much. Love thank having you. Bye -bye. Love you. You know we love you, girl. Absolutely, <laughs> love you too. Bye -bye. Are you doing? Are you doing a show?